The following is a Podcast 225 production. The movers. The movers. The shakers. The shakers. The people. The people. If it matters to the capital city, the region, and beyond, you'll hear it here. This. This. This is the Clay Young Show. What's the good word, y'all? Welcome back to another edition of the Clay Young Show here at Podcast225.com and on iTunes. Well, a lot of moving parts this week. If you're in the Baton Rouge area today as we record the show, we announced that the TV show that was previously airing at WBRZ TV is no longer there. We are moving now to WAFB TV here in Baton Rouge. Uh, WAFB and I have a a relationship that started 21 years ago when I was at uh, WIBR, (laughs) WIBR radio in town, and a chance conversation with Cheryl Michelet, who's not at WAFB anymore, who's actually working at the Park Commission, called about a guest that I had had on that dealt with a serial killer investigation we had on at the time and wanted contact information on them. And I was happy to oblige. And then we kind of met to talk about synergies between what I was doing and what they were doing. And the next thing you know, I'm contributing on political issues there on WAFB. Uh, I was a political analyst there for years. And then that ended. And I kind of moved away from everyday media I had a brief stint where I went back to WJBO Talk Radio, worked with uh, the late Kevin Meeks, and I spent about a year and a half there before I just, it was too much on the plate and I needed to, to cut something and my own company was not the option. So I walked away from doing radio. And for years, I would hear from Gordy Rush about coming back, even when I started this podcast. And then I uh, had a conversation with Rocky Dabavell, and I'm going to tell that story a little bit more next week on next week's podcast. I don't want to get too far down the road on that, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's been a whirlwind. And when you hear the story about how this all kind of came about and then got going and then us ending up here where we are right now. So that's what we're doing. The, TV show re-debuts on WBXH on February 16th at 7 p.m. You'll see promos across WAFB, WBXH, and all the other platforms that Great Media has in the Capital Region promoting this. It's a partnership I'm looking forward to. It's a challenge. And as I said in a quote that's out there in the release, it's both surreal and exciting it's it's crazy that it's happening but you know i'm kind of excited about the challenge and the challenge to hopefully provide content that that you guys want just i always thought this window was was closed because of the nature of where media is now and how people go about the the attack dog media in so many places and that's just not my thing man i mean i I love having tough conversations and getting into things with people but at the end of the day, I, I'm, I would never weaponize a platform that I've been blessed with for that. And, and I'm going to stick to that. I just want to have fun, get you some information and, you know, along the way, hopefully make a little bit of a difference. So as I said on TV this morning, we're going to have some fun and break a few rules and you'll see a little bit of that next week. 
So let's talk about today's episode or this week's episode of the show. Judge Don Johnson with the 19th JDC, he's actually the chief judge at the 19th Judicial District Court. And he's one of the, if you know him, he's one of the the more brilliant individuals you'll ever encounter. I always like to say, not really anecdotally, but just because it's a stat that I'm proud to say about him. He's got seven degrees. Yeah, that's right. Seven. And he's going to be on with us to talk about a gun violence court. Won't give much of it away because I want him to be able to talk with you about what it is and what he hopes the impact will be here in Baton Rouge and how it could be a model that is replicated in other parts of the state. And so uh, we did the interview. We recorded the interview just a little bit ago, just so you know. So, there, so I want to give you a couple of warnings that, you know, it's 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 on the phone. And there are a couple places where the audio kind of drops. Not when I say a couple, two. I think it's two, maybe three. And uh, you still get the context of what he's saying, but I didn't want to cut him off. So without further ado, let's jump to that right now. So here we are with Judge Don Johnson, Chief Judge at the 19th JDC, who's done television with me multiple times. We've talked about a number of subjects relating to criminal justice, but he has an innovative concept that I think will help with violent crime in the Baton Rouge region, and that is a gun violence court. First up, Judge, how are you? I'm very good today. The sun's sunny out here in Baton Rouge. Things look great. Well, let's talk about this gun violence court, and, and we talked about it again on uh, we talked about it on television a few weeks ago, but for those who may not have heard about it, what is gun violence court? Gun violence court is, is a concept where we focal we we pay special attention to the type of violence that's going on in our community and gun violence happens to be one of those types and so for the bad actors for the for the ones and who are really hell-bent on continuing the violence in our community what does this mean this means that from date of event of the activity we want specialized investigative tools deployed to capture the individuals who's committing the offense. But then we want also, if the individual is arrested, we want them processed. With all due process that a person charged with a crime is entitled to. But we want to make sure that we provide them with the best defense that they're entitled to, but also provide the prosecution with the best resources that they have so we can move these cases through in an efficient, effective manner. The, 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 the idea is to quickly send a message that for persons that are involved, we, we hope to arrest you as quickly as we can and get you in the criminal justice system so that a decision can be made that whether you're guilty or not and, and not delay the process. It's going to have to, we're going to have to speed up the process. Can you give us a snapshot of what the court is looking like from a resources standpoint right now, both human and then and then re- human capital and real capital? Yes. Right now, um, the issues is through multiple divisions of court, and we have multiple eight prosecutors that are deployed with these cases. What I'm thinking about is a specialized unit, which the district attorney is, is developing or has developed. 
but not just a specialized unit within the district attorney's office, but a specialized unit within the public defender's office to defend those individuals that are charged with this type of activity who are usually relying upon public defense to give them a defense. And what is happening is because of the inability to provide them with an effective public defense, the system slows down. The system slows down, and and that's leading to a, a less than uh, upfront approach to gun violence. It's so interesting because in many conversations, people talk about the recidivists getting arrested for violent crime, going to court, and either ending up back on the street quickly or or not you know getting a punishment that sends them away from for a long time what do you say to that judge because i know that you are big on accountability but you also want it to be done the right way i do want accountability and we have to have accountability for those that are engaged in shooting and using that as a way of life using that that weapon as a way of settling disputes or 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 engaging in activity to be um uh, just violent just violence we've got to accept that that's a culture and we need to deal with it but on the other hand we've got to also tell young people who who are finding this way of living or finding this way of solving their problems that this is not the answer so i'm proposing a two-fold approach we're going to be tough but we're going to be smart and tough so the idea is quick prosecution for toughness, but smartness, it is saying this. If you don't engage in conduct where I can intervene and stop you from doing this violence, then I'll offer you an alternative back into the community with support. So we've got to have a, a supportive structure in place so that young people who are wanting to have this, these guns come in and talk to us, come in so we can redirect you away from this criminality using that firearm you have a right to it but we want to teach you how to use it and use it lawfully so that's the diversion aspect i'm saying have that along a line with the uh prosecution aspect and we can divert a lot of these young people away from this culture but we've, we've got to invest in that too you know judge i had a conversation a couple weeks ago with a business owner here in baton rouge and it was somebody who just has a lot of opinions about what's going on here, but quite frankly, hasn't been that engaged in a lot of ways. And then they talked about the courts. And I asked this question. I said, have you had a conversation with any of the judges? Like, have you really spoken to the people who are on the front lines of this? And, and he had not. And I think a lot of times people assume that every judge isn't interested in accountability, but that isn't the case. So if you could engage some stakeholders who are not necessarily in politics or who are elected to make them understand that you want the same thing they want, what would you say to them? I would say, come have a sit down and talk with us. Come watch what we do every day. And that is exactly right. What is happening is there's an assumption that somehow there's a softness there's a perception of wanting to be um, tolerate, wanting to tolerate behavior of gun violence, and I'll tell you right now, there's zero tolerance within the judiciary for gun violence activity. We don't tolerate that. But the perception is somehow we are letting people engage in this conduct, and we're slapping them on the wrist. That is that that is a misnomer. We come down and see what we do. Come down and talk with us, and then come down and help us design programs that will work 
and we have answers and we have ideas, but we need the community to, to, to help us. We need the business community to come out and, and sit down with us and, and, and find out. And what, what they will find out is discovery. They will find out things that we're doing that they know nothing about. And, and, and perhaps we can learn from them too. So, the door's open. You know, you once said, I heard you say this a couple times, uh, one time at BRPD and another time at another public meeting, when you talked about the two ends of the spectrum at which young people who are in this stuff are engaged, and you talked about putting police at the front end, but that ought to be different. Can you can you t- say that thing? T- explain that to us again. Yeah, here's the idea. We are too dependent on law enforcement to solve crimes, that is that, that's that's not going to get where we want to go. Law law enforcement is a part of the crime solution. I want courts. I want the court engaged with individuals that are arrested and that are entitled to or have a right to be out on bail. I want my court to be a first responder. I want the court to be aligned with controlling that individual's behavior while they're out on bond and that's what we're missing that's where the the um the the old way of doing business which is to let the law enforcement arrest them and then let them come through the criminal justice system and while they're going through that system they're out on bond they're back in in the community without regulatory control measures to make sure they're doing the right thing and that's where we're missing because they are the ones who are allegedly engaging in the violence and we're letting them back back out on bond, which they have a right to be in certain situations. But we're not regulating that risk before trial. That is where I want the court to be a first responder, to bring us and empower us and give us the tools. This criminal um, legislative session that the governor wants to put on, I'm going to go there and ask them to fund East Baton Rouge Parish, help me set up a pilot program where I can run a gun violence court and give me the tools, give the public defender the tools, give the DA the tools, and watch and study us in a year and see what violent behavior we have with gun violence in Baton Rouge. I guarantee you that we could we could we could deal with it and we could be the state flagship uh, court in, in in solving our problems with guns and with young people engaged in this culture. See, this is and, and to me, this is proactive. This is seeing a problem and addressing it. And I know you've always been this way. I tell you, Judge, in Baton Rouge, the way people talk around problems versus solutions, it seems one of the biggest issues we have here is an issue of communication, that that we don't talk to each other to find out what's going on, to find out ways that we can work together. And this is solution oriented, and it's only targeted at the kids or young people or, or, or citizens here who just don't want to take advantage of opportunities to not be violent. Yeah. Uh, the idea is we have the opportunity, and communications is important. This is why I'm participating in your podcast. We need to change the narrative on communicating. Now, courts, I will agree. Historically, we have not communicated. Historically, we uh, we're, we we want to make sure that we're neutral. We want to make sure that there's no. Uh, one-sided approach to crime so that's been that's been our history that's been the role that we've taken on but we realize that the perception that we're not effective at controlling 
crime and violent crime. So we've got to change our model so that the community can trust our decisions. And that's why I'm saying let's let's not use the systems of the past to regulate pretrial conduct. Let's not use the regular bail system to to do the type of uh, work that we've done in the past. We've got to change our bail practices, and we've got to be more involved with controlling people that are have a right to be out on bail and making sure that they're not repeating their conduct right. while they're out. That's where we need to spend our time. Right. That's, where the, that's where the community needs to help us. So, and you mentioned a second ago funding, and what is your expectation? Because I think you're probably going to be successful with your request. What's your expectation that the legislature and and, then the governor will provide funding for this court as a model for Louisiana? Well, it's it's, it's a simple model. The 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 idea right now, the legislature's the legislature is, is looking at ideas. How can we be tough on crime? Where should we put our people? If if you read the, the recent news articles, the, the, the governor's office is talking about how can we make New Orleans safe? How can we make New Orleans safe? Well, that's fine. But I don't want Baton Rouge. I don't want to find Baton Rouge with, with a, someone coming up and say, how can we make Baton Rouge safer? Well, let's let, get involved with me. Let's fund the, the local DA with, a couple, with additional prosecutors let's fund the public centers with a different there were a couple couple of different um a couple a couple of more um public defenders and then let's get a dedicated case management system here at the court so that we can study the data and then i can dedicate myself or someone else who would want to take on this role of case resolution and 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 that's what I'm proposing. I think if we did that and give give us the funding, I haven't drafted what it's going to cost, but I'll work on that before the legislative session start, and I'll have a budget proposal together so that our local uh, team here can can go to legislature legislature and ask for for assistance. I know that's going to be something that they will be asking. Well, you know, I'm going to get with your team and see about getting you on the new TV thing, man, to to come over and talk about this, because I think it's a genius idea. I think that it is proactive, and I think we need to do any and everything possible to get our streets safe, and that, that really doesn't include just talking about how bad it is. That's right. That's only, that never gets us anywhere. That's And, and, and I, I congratulate the show for taking on this issue. Uh, not a lot of talk. people are talking about it. And um, I, I just want to make sure that we are not always uh, allowing others to, to dictate the solution when we know our own answers and we can solve our own problems. Judge, no matter what I'm doing, you I'll always make space for you. It's always a pleasure thank to talk you. to you. And thank you. I look forward to talking to you more in person when we do TV. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yes, sir. I'll be looking too. Thank you very kindly. Bye-bye. Thank you, Judge. All right, Judge Don Johnson with the 19th JDC talking about this gun violence court and a couple of um, little audio glitches in there, I guess, on the, on the phone line. And I, I didn't stop him because I didn't want to interrupt his thought, but I think you guys got a pretty clear picture of of what he was talking about and man look you got to be proactive and, and as i said to him earlier a lot of people talk about what's happening in various parts of of our city and uh, i mean I, I i cannot claim to be an expert on all parts of baton rouge very familiar with all parts of baton rouge do a lot of work trying to donate time and effort and in some cases as much as i can money and efforts of baton rouge where the need is the greatest i'm one person i try to be there would never pretend to tell people who live in certain areas 
what their areas are like more than they know. They live those realities, right? But this idea of focusing just on gun violence is important. And I'll tell you, when I spend time in the community, and I said this before, I said this when, when the new chief, Chief Morse, was on the TV show a couple of weeks ago, that when you go into those communities, people on the outside say they don't want to see cops. They don't want cops. They hate cops. Every time you're in those communities, they say they want to see the police more. They want to see the police more when they call. Now it's such a shift in 2024 because it isn't just we want to see the police more when they call. (laughs) They want to see the police, but they don't want to be accountable to the fact that they called because so many people are terrified about retaliation and something happening to them because some of the bad actors are getting arrested, going through the process, ending up in court, and then back out on the streets. And due to a lack of resources, a lack of public defenders, or what have you, judges saying, look, let's fund a court that specifically deals with the bad actors. Hey, for 30 years here in this town, y'all know how much I love and and appreciate and am attached to investment i believe we give to these kids as much as we can mentorship programs exposure everything we can do to help a young man or a young woman reach their fullest potential i'm all about that but then there are people who are just hell-bent on not taking it and you do everything you can to get them to choose the better way and they want to choose the other way and if they choose the other way then you got to take that ride You don't need to be on the streets, period. It's just the way it goes. I mean, we're not talking about kids taking candy bars. We're talking about kids who are killing folks in the middle of the day. You don't need to be on the streets. Now, we can have a separate discussion about what happens when you go into the penal system and how that works, and we can talk about that. But you need to be off the streets. And again, if you've, and and it's got to be equal, you have to invest, but you got to enforce too. If there are no consequences for someone who would shoot somebody in a crowd, maiming people who have nothing. Look, we had a five-year-old shot here a few weeks ago who was the victim of some other foolishness going on. You've heard me talk about Devin Page and Allie Rice innocent kids not doing anything and then we mention those names because they're high profile and i'm connected to those families and we have this program but at the same time there's their families all over the city where kids get into fistfights that end up in gun violence come on now most of y'all remember fistfights didn't just get invented with millennials but back in the day people had fistfights and you might even be friends the next day or even the same day now it's crazy it's crazy so we appreciate judge being on and the crime special session starts on february 19th Uh, we're recording this show on the 7th and so that'll be a week from this coming monday which is the 12th and so next week the podcast is going to be it's going to be different so you know you heard me talk at the beginning of the show about where we are now on tv and and what we're doing and excited about getting back and it's just kind of it's 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 surreal as you heard me talk about 
But jumping more into the podcast, next week's show will feature a conversation with Matt Williams, who's morning show anchor at WAFB-TV. And if you're in Baton Rouge, y'all know Matt. We're going to try to get Liz Coe to come be a part of those shenanigans with us as well. And, uh, and, and we're going to try to lock the door before Johnny Asian sneaks in there. But, yeah, talking to them about how some of this started, I didn't want to give it away today, and how simple things start, and then how things, as I said in, a, in, in the quote in the press release, sometimes things develop a momentum of their own, and then there you go. But uh, looking forward to this next chapter, I still sometimes am amazed that my style of media is still appreciated by people because I just don't want to do the hot take stuff. I don't want to weaponize platforms that God's blessed me with for the benefit of tearing people down. I mean, we could have stiff conversations, but man, it's, it's crazy out there in these streets these days, y'all people use uh, just anyway, I won't get into that. I'll, I'll, I'll stay high on it, but I uh, really appreciative of the time with the floor team at WBRZ, my man, eight uh, Ed ball, who was, on the other end of the original roll it it was roll it ed (laughs) and then there's leah and kyle and scott and even wes even though he makes it his life's passion to hate on my 49ers but that whole group was great loved working with him uh dorinda who's not there anymore but just all the people who helped with uh, over over 130 episodes of tv uh, helping me get comfortable with getting back into it after being away from media for so long I mean, they'll always be special to me in what they've done. And again, in this next chapter, Joe, Heather, Matty Ice, Liz, Kirk, all the new names that I'm still learning as we do this, this new thing at WAFB, a place I started contributing with 21 years ago. And here we come full circle with this latest vehicle that I truly hope you appreciate And that you'll watch and you'll like and you'll give me your feedback. You'll tell me what's good. Tell me what you want more of, what you want less of. And and listen, in transparency, I signed a one-year deal to do this. And here's hoping before we get to the end of the deal that we agree, hey, let's run it back. And if it doesn't work, I'm good with that too because... You know, I'm going to work hard to make it work. I'm going to give you every effort. I will not mail in one show. I didn't mail in one at WBRZ. Showed up every day because I feel like if you were going to take time to watch any part of that, I owed you the best I could give you. And so in this next chapter, I'm going to do the same. We have some new surprises, new little nuances in this new one. I'm excited about it. And so I know episode one is going to include... I can't, I won't tell you. I'm going to save it. I'm going to save it. I hadn't done the promo yet, but I had some cool stuff for episode one. Well, not episode one. Actually, episode one at WAFB, episode 130 something. I got to ask Cameron what the number is. He keeps up with that for me. But listen, until then, you guys have a safe Mardi Gras weekend if you're doing that. Uh, otherwise, enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the Super Bowl and spending time. It's a great game for camaraderie. Look, I know a lot of y'all are not Niner fans, so you don't want to hear me talk a whole lot about that. So I won't do that to you. I'll take one for y'all and just uh, hope that you have a great, great weekend. And next week is big. The debut of the TV show anew at WAFB and the next podcast featuring our conversation with some of the WAFB folks and what we hope to achieve with this next iteration of the Play Young TV show. 
blessed and honored to have you here. Thank you all so much. Catch you next time. Your voice matters. Visit The Clay Young Show at podcast225.com and email The Clay Young Show at clay at podcast225.com.